All right, I want to welcome everybody to uh, to Asterix Digital um, Transformation Podcast Series. Uh, this is a series of interviews with thought leaders from uh, the industry. Uh, we bring together experts to come in and talk about developing a successful digital-first strategy uh, for helping to transform uh, businesses. My name is Kevin Miller, and I'm going to be the host and moderator uh, for today's session. Um, so I'd like to introduce our speaker for today. Uh, our dis first of all, our discussion topic is one that's impacting um, companies throughout the scientific uh, community, but it's also affecting, you know, essentially all industries. Um, any industry that's looking to digitally transform their business. Uh, the topic of the today's session is going to be digital transformation failure. Um, you know, what is the cause and, and how do you recover from it? So cause and recovery. Joining us today uh, for a very timely and insightful discussion is one of the top experts uh, in digital transformation. His name is Rob Walla. Rob is the Vice President of Laboratory Informatics Services with uh, Asterix. Um, he's responsible for the growth and strategic direction uh, of the Laboratory Informatics Services Division. Rob, I understand that you are one of the founders of Asterix. Um, you know, I think before we get into the session, I'd love to hear a little bit about you know, why you started the business, how that came about, and, you know, just tell us a little bit more about this 25-year history that Asterix has. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, before Asterix, um, I worked in a laboratory along with one of the co other co-founders of, uh, of the company. Um, we'll date ourselves. This was in the mid-'80s. Um, so laboratories at that time did have some automation. Uh, the very beginnings of limb systems, actually, the lab I worked in had a limb system, but it was homegrown. <laughs> it worked on a mainframe. Certainly didn't have the utility and function that you see out there in the commercial market today. Um, so, you know, back then, most of the data was still collected manually, written in paper notebooks. Actually, one of the first instruments that I ever ran had a strip chart recorder where you'd get peaks, you'd have to measure them manually and then type them into a linear regression type of a program. So it was very, very, very manual. Um, you know, I recognize, along with the other co-founder, uh, that, you know, obviously the automation and the computer aspect of it was going to get better. Um, but that there would always be a need for services to help kind of stitch everything together, integrate them, and, uh, and actually make them all work together better. Um, the vendors from both the instrumentation side as well as from a LIMS ELN side, um, we knew that, that that technology was going to get better, but that there would be a need for a company like Asterix to help them all work, uh, all work better together. And I guess when you, you know, just not to go too off script here, but, I, you know, when you got into these laboratories, um, and you found them running off of some of those devices that I don't even know what they are because they're, 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 they're so dated. Um, <clears throat> did, did you think it was going to be a monumental task to get them up to the point of, of digital transformation? Um, I think that we, we recognized that it was going to be a stepwise process. Right, that you are not going to go from uh, manual paper-based notebooks to a full paperless laboratory. Um, digital transformation is, you know, the the word and what people are focusing on today. But you know, before digital transformation, it was called the paperless lab. Uh, how do you get off paper? And you know, people are making that slow journey to to getting all, off paper. Um, we're better we're better um, than where we were ten years ago, and ten years from now, we'll even be better uh, where we are today. Great. Well, it's, it's obviously a great story about how it all started. And I'm sure, you know, from what I know, Asterix is obviously well positioned to jump in and help these companies, uh, you know, get to that uh, level and get that transformation uh, going. Um, 
like a lot of these kind of transformational movements, some of it comes with pain. And, um, you know, there was a recent study done by the consulting firm McKinsey, and they said that basically 70% of all these digital transformation uh, projects have some level of failure uh, associated with them. It's an astounding statistic, and I'm sure for companies that are considering, you know, biting off on a project like this, it can be, it can be very concerning uh, for them. Um, so, you know, having been involved in a wide array of these digital transformations, could you help us break down, you know, what are some of the root causes of these failures? What are some of the underlying reasons that lead to these failures? Um, and, you know, in your mind, why is the industry experiencing that? Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to failures, it doesn't mean necessarily they fail outright, where people just stop and throw their hands up. Um, though, you know, you can certainly run out of uh, time, patient, money, or, or all three. You know, a lot of times, uh, these projects, they're, they're deemed to be failures because they don't necessarily meet all the goals and objectives of what you know, a company wanted to do you know, initially. And you know, a main reason for this is that I think uh, a lot of organizations get involved with digital transformation without un really understanding what it is. A lot of companies think it's just the implementing, uh, implementation of a technology, which is certainly not true. Um, there's other aspects of the transformation from processes to data to organizational change, and they're all very, very, very important. Um, I think a lot of these companies go in without a real plan and, and without clear goals and objectives of why are we doing this, what part of the business are we going to do this for, and you know what what do we want as the outcomes, and you know balancing kind of goal oriented objectives with outcome type of objectives, and you know not having this plan in place then. Um, it really then, it sets a bad foundation for the entire project because once a, a company then goes into management and says, okay, here's what we want to do, here's how we're going to do it, and not able to articulate that properly, well, the management may not necessarily be uh, bought into the, uh, to the process. And then this leads to, okay, well, it, without that, are you going to get funding for it? Are you going to get the resources to do it? Um, the resources that are involved from in internal resources of a company are often overlooked. Um, many, many people need to participate in these types of projects. And if you don't have the, that clear goal and objective to get management buy-in and then get the right resources, both from a you know, human capital as well as monetary capital, uh, then projects really start off uh, on the wrong track and they're doomed to fail. Yeah, so, and, I, and I've seen this in, in other <clears throat> technologies where you try to tackle something um, that's really transformational to the entire organization from a departmental perspective. Um, and maybe people go into that thinking that they can do it um, with, with a smaller budget, they can work within a department. So I guess in a, in a life sciences space, you may have a laboratory that may be trying to get to the cloud or something like that, and they're trying to do it themselves with a little bit of help from IT. But if they don't have that full-blown management buy-in, you know, they, the project might be doomed from the start. Is that fair to say? It's, fair, it's certainly fair to say. And it's not to say that you can't have a big picture um, initially to say, here's from an organization for a company perspective, here's what we want to do. But then also as you get down into actually maybe digitizing certain workflows or going into certain departments or areas to have clear objectives of what the outcome should be here, but that should always be tied to the bigger goals and objectives of the overall project. Do you think that... Um do you think upper management, the C-suite, as we like to call it, do you think they really fully understand what digital transformation means, or is this something that's more understood in the IT groups, or you know, do you have to do you find yourself having to go in and kind of you know teach an executive management team what digital transformation is all about? Yeah, it, it depends on the company, uh, but I think um, you know at, at a high level the C-suite gets it. I think really where you, you have some issues is um, where it comes to understanding what it actually takes to do. 
you know, at a high level, you know, they understand what the objectives and goals are and what the, you know, what the benefits of doing it. But then it's always like, well, um, you know, you told me 12 months, do it in three. And, you know, here's the budget for that. A lot of it, get it done, get it done faster with less type of mentality. And that is a major, major, major issue when it comes to projects like this. Great. Uh, Yeah, I mean, and, and to recap real quick, you know, just to kind of highlight a couple things you said. So, you know, a lack of defined scope or objectives, a lack of management commitment, um, inadequate resources or budget. These are these are going to be kind of three of the major, you know, points that are going to cause either catastrophic failure or or partial partial failure of a of a project. And I can definitely see how, if you overlook any one of these elements, um, it's going to either set you back or it, it can really just blow the, blow the whole project up and contribute to that failure rate. Um, so in addition to these points, though, that you discussed, you know, we know one of the root causes behind most of failed digital transformations that you've encountered. Um, I'd like to shift the focus over to the people part. Um, you know, it's been noted that people process and technology, as you mentioned, uh, are three pillars on which any successful digital transformation is founded. What in particular tends to create the biggest challenge when it comes to managing this piece of the puzzle. Yeah, well, organizational change in, in a lot of projects is very, very key, right? But when you're doing a digital transformation, especially, you know, bigger one that affects multiple multiple parts of the organization, it's even more important. And, um, you know, change for people is difficult, you know, especially, you know, in a laboratory environment, scientists are used to doing it a certain way and it's working for them. And yeah, there's some bumps in, you know, in the road and there's workarounds that people found, but, you know, it's working. You know, you can come in and get, get your job done. Um, when people first hear about digital transformation, you know, they often don't understand, you know, what that is, right? So the, the real failure there in a lot of organization is communication, right? To explain to folks, you know, here's why we're going through this process. Here's the benefit. Here's why we need to do it to either get better, to be more efficient, to stay competitive, you know, in our market. And here's why we're doing it. You know, you think about, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, automate and digitize everything. Do I have a job? You know, are they trying to, are they trying to uh, sunset what I'm doing and just bring in a bunch of technology? But that's not uh, necessarily the case. Um, so I think, you know, clear communication, you know, to people that are involved with it is extremely, extremely important. And that will help as you go through the organizational change process as you move through the project. Yeah. And I think the word transformation can oftentimes be inherently scary, uh, to, to certain employees, especially those that went through the, you know, that were alive during the automation of manufacturing during the 1980s. You know, when they hear automation, they hear transformation. Probably the first thing that comes to their mind is, is do I have a job? Any, any tips for allaying those fears early on to kind of get that, you know, out of the way quickly? Yeah, I, I think it's just being very open why, why uh, a company is going through it and why a company is doing it. And it's not necessarily to, to reduce staff, but again, it is to get yeah, maybe more efficient or more competitive. You, you can't run, uh, especially the business we deal with, the scientific businesses, you can't run that obviously without people, right? Uh, people are extremely important. You know, the, they're the innovators, they're the ones that bring the ideas to the table. Digital transformation you know, is really designed to make their job easier and make them do their job better. Now, on the flip side of that, I guess one of the benefits could be in attracting the best employees, you know, if you have a, you know, a, a completely modernized, digitally transformed, you know, laboratory, is it fair to say that you may get better people in because people want to work in those type of environments that are bleeding edge and cutting edge? Is that fair to say? It's fair to say, you know, it's a very competitive environment out there for, for top talent and, and companies know that. 
Um, you know, often we talk to people that say, well, you know, I used to work at a company and, you know, we had an, EL, an electronic lab notebook and we had a limbs and it was integrated. Now I came here and I'm back on paper, you know, so it feels like I took a, I took a step back. So it really depends on the person, you know, Kev, when you really think about it. Some people will say, oh, maybe I made a mistake coming to this organization where others say, you know what, I have a breadth of knowledge because I did it in my past, uh, in my past company and I can really bring and help them do the change here. Gotcha. And, and I guess, too, you know, you mentioned a couple times about communication. You know, what are the what are the end goals of the digital transformation? Obviously, that's important to kind of get out of the way uh, up front so everybody knows where you're trying to trying to get to. Uh, it brings us to the whole notion of projects like this are not the type of a project. It's not like an IT project where you say we're going to install this box or we're going to install this piece of software. We're going to press a button. It's going to be done. We're going to train you on it. And then we're going to move on to the next thing. A lot of people describe um, these type of projects, these transformational type of projects as, as journeys. I guess that's the common term that I hear used again and again and again. There's not a definitive end, but it's kind of like uh, a rev- an evolutionary process, right? So um, it's got to be a little bit tough to address that from a program management perspective. But can you talk a little bit about the impact uh, of this as part of an overall digital transformation process? Right. Yeah, I, I think that um, you know a big part of um, why the they don't why companies don't see the real benefit from these projects is because they don't plan for what happens after quote unquote the project is done the sustainability going forward right you know a project ends everybody has a collective sigh of relief whew, we're done and uh, that's it but that's not the case really when that happens you're just beginning right these uh, these types of transformations and and what companies are doing. Um, you know, it, it never stops evolving. I mean, think about it. These are dynamic organizations, especially if you're in the pharma and biotech these days, right? Um, they're always innovating. You're always looking to, you know, uh, develop the, the next big uh, therapeutic. Uh, clients and customers have high demands. So you can't say we went through some sort of transformation process and that's it. You need to have the structure in place, the governance in place in order to tweak this and continue to do as we call kind of care and feeding on these because it's always it's always evolving. Um, and, you know, once that is recognized, then, you know, people understand better that um, this is not something that just ends. You know, it continues to, to, go, uh, to go on and on. Companies that don't do that, then, you know, that gets sta- that, that what they did in that project just gets stale and uh, doesn't meet the needs of the organization. Yeah, sustainability is that. That's an interesting word to, to tie to these type of projects because you do obviously have to sustain them uh, over a long period of time, and, and I guess in the world of technology, um, it can kind of be like dog years a little bit. Um, the, the pace of technological change that's occurring, whether that's driven by the vendors in the market that are racing to kind of outdo each other with different pieces of technology, et cetera, or just a, a general transformational movements like you know uh, client server computing to cloud computing, um, you know, with technology moving at such an unprecedented pace these days. Organizations obviously have to remain agile in their approach as well as they have to plan for a continuous influx uh, of this change and this advancement. Do you, do you build that into a project? Do you try to kind of coach up uh, the, the companies that you're working with that, hey, listen, you know, you, you've completed this phase of it, but now we've got to look ahead and you've got to be prepared to, to what's coming next. And do you come back in and, and you kind of help coach them up a little bit or tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we always try to you know, explain to clients and, and guide them on, you know, what, uh, what what's going to happen after the project ends, right? Um, but it's very difficult to, you know, look into the future sometimes. You know, we know that there's going to be change. You know, what that change is, it's, it's tough to say. 
I mean, think about cloud computing for a second, Kevin, right? So, you know, 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more, if you walked into any major pharma company and you talked to them about storing their data in the cloud, they'd throw you out of the room, right? Yes, now, absolutely. Now, if you don't talk to them about storing their data in the cloud, they throw you out of the room. But you could never have predicted that 10 years ago, right? So, you know, that's just, you know, that's just one example of how technologies change. Um, you know, it starts out not being embraced, but over time, you know, it is. And you have to be prepared for that. Absolutely. And, and I couldn't agree more. I, I was in a few discussions over the years where a, a CIO would, would look at you and, and want to throw you out of the room if they said, we're going to put sensitive clinical trial data in, in the cloud for sure. So that being said, obviously, we appreciate all the insights on you know what were some of those areas where, where there were failure points. Um, Feel free to recap us, you know, if, if you had to say what's, what's, what are some of the, you know, one of the, the, the one or two or three things that you really have to pay attention to. And what advice would you have for organizations that are headed down an unfortunate path? Can you turn them around? Um, you know, what is the road to recovery if they've been, you know, halfway through one of these projects and maybe stopped? How, how do you get them started again? How do you get them on the right path right, again? Right. Well, you know, we always tell folks, you know, you know, have a plan. You know, we get asked, well, what's the best way to put a plan together? And I always say, well, the first one is to have a plan, right? Kind of lay it out, you know, recognize that you're not going to sit down in one fell swoop and develop, uh, develop this plan, right? It happens in, in pieces. You need to get in, input from other parts of the organization. You know, many parts of the organization make sure that you, that you have a solid plan. As you go down a project, if things aren't going well, and, you know, it will, every project, and, you know, we, we, spend a lot of time talking to, to clients about this. Every project will hit that speed bump. It, it happens. Um, and we tell them, we don't know where it's going to happen, but it will happen. And if that happens, it's okay. You know, um, everybody runs into this, every project does. Should stop, take a step back, take a breath, and, you know, evaluate, you know, what is not going well. Is it, you know, you're not meeting objectives because, you know, people are now doing their day jobs and they can't focus on the project. That happens a lot. Um, there are a variety of other reasons. But if it is, you know, just kind of just take a pause and evaluate what those issues are. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, we don't have enough time to stop because we have to keep moving forward. And, you know, basically now you're going to drive, drive the project off the cliff. So certainly do that. The other thing is, you know, to get help where necessary. Um, we get involved in a lot of digital transformation projects uh, in the middle or, or toward the end where maybe you know, it got started fine, it was moving down the road, but then it hit some sort of an issue. So you know, a different perspective certainly would give a, a project a shot in the arm um, to, to do that. So you know, don't be afraid to raise your hand and ask for help because these things, they're not for the faint of heart. Definitely not. De definitely not. And it, because, again, it's, it's a combination of technology and it's a combination of process and it's a combination – uh, of multiple things. Um, so, you know, a couple of points here I want to make sure we touch on before we, we get close to wrap. So what constitutes a good, you know, digital transformation plan? Um, a couple of things. A, um, you know, clear objectives, you know, what you want to accomplish. Uh, don't boil the ocean, right? Because you have a tendency you know, to get caught up to say, oh, well, if we're doing it here, we have to do it over here. Uh, maybe you get to that, but, but lay that plan out. Uh, make sure that you have uh, the, the right resources internally. Uh, give those resources enough time to focus on the project. You know, um, everybody's busy these days. Nobody's sitting around companies, um, you know, not, uh, you're not being productive. You know, to throw a project on top of them when they, quote, unquote, you know, as we say, have their day job is just, you know, doomed for failure. Um, and then, you know, certainly look to get expert, uh, to get expert help out there if you don't think you have that internally. 
Great. And I mean, uh, if you could say what's a, what's a good overview of a recovery plan? Um, do, do you have a, do you have a, a sense of that? Um, you don't necessarily have to start over, okay. right? Um, you know, basically pick out some of the areas where you don't think it's working well um, and, and focus and focus on that. You know, often when projects aren't going well, people will just kind of throw their hands up and say, well, this isn't working. Well, it's not necessarily the case. You, you could certainly, um, you know, look at certain areas, tweak that and get the project back on track. Great. Um, well, I mean, this has obviously been a, a wonderful discussion. I mean, I think I want to make sure we, you know, as, as we're getting close to wrapping this up, hammer home some of the key points that I, I took away from it, you know, in terms of what causes failure, lack of defined scope for objectives, a lack of management commitment, that's a big one, and then inadequate resources or, or budget. Um, so again, the big take home for, for the folks that are listening in are those three things are, are, are the areas where you're going to probably face uh, the most pitfalls. Obviously, an excellent discussion, Rob. Feel free to, you know, close out from your perspective on a few quick bullet points on things that folks should keep in mind. And then also tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, what it looks like when Asterix comes in uh, to, to help an organization with this. Right. By all means. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, digital transformation projects is, you know, what we do. That's our Monday through Friday. You know, um, it's like anything. You know, I'm sure, you know, you've struggled with home projects, right? They're doing plumbing or electrical work, right? And then you hire a professional and they're in and out of there in 30 minutes. Um, you know, we've, we've seen the pitfalls. Um, we have a lot of experience doing this for a variety of different organizations, uh, scientific organizations, not just pharma biotechs, but uh, others, oil and gas, food, beverage, consumer product. Um, and, you know, we can b- bring uh, the best uh, the, the best practices to to projects. Um, you know, we know what the pitfalls are. We can see them coming, and you know, we'll be able to say, you know, uh, you're going left here, but you should be going right, and uh, to really make that project successful. And you help companies in, in which geography is it predominantly in, in, in the United States? Is it Canada? Tell, tell you know, we're, we're, we do projects globally. Um, we, um, we work with a variety of different size organizations. We work with, you know, the top 10 pharma companies. We work with startups, you know, out of the Bay Area, the Cambridge uh, Mass Area. Um, you know, our, our services scale to the needs of the organizations. And we've done digital transformation projects for um, 50-person companies. We've done them for, you know, the, 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 the top pharma companies with, with thousands, of, thousands of people and hundreds of workflows. That's great. Um, you know, obviously, Rob, I, I learned a lot about digital transformation projects more than, than, I, than I did when, when we started the discussion or, today. Or, or more than you'd want to know? More than, probably more than I'd want to know. Um, and, and certainly, I hope the folks that are, that are listening in uh, did as well. A couple things I want to mention um, for those of you who are fortunate enough to listen to this discussion with, with Rob um, is that this is part of a series. Um, so we are doing our, our digital transformation podcast series. Um, the podcast is going to basically be, be fo- featured on our website to start, uh, and then you'll be able to get that on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, this is the second uh, in the series, uh, so um, you will you know, obviously be seeing more of these uh, to come. We're certainly excited to bring folks like Robin, who's worked with um, you know, the top companies in the space for, for the better part of you know, 25-plus years. Um, so we're thrilled to have that. Rob, if you want to uh, leave any closing comments uh, before we wrap up the podcast, you're welcome to do so. No, I uh, just appreciate the opportunity here, Kevin. You know, this is extremely important because, you know, a project like this can really help um, position a company for, for the future. Um, so I'm glad I had this opportunity to, to discuss this with you. Great. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. I'm going to thank Rob Walla for joining us today and thank everybody for tuning into the podcast. We're, we're all wrapped up. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Thanks.